0: Welcome, everyone. In this episode of Bible and Life, we introduce the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to do that by looking at Jesus' down-to-earth spirituality and the big picture. What is that sermon all about? Hey, thanks for joining me today on this episode of Bible and Life. And before we jump into the material we want to look at today, I just want to say thank you to all of you who have... uh, right from the beginning just supported the show you know we launched the show last week and in the first four or five days we had over a hundred downloads of uh, the show and i just find that super encouraging so thank you for uh, listening thanks for supporting me and, and supporting the show i firmly believe that uh There's a great need for all of us to really just engage with the text of Scripture and learn from Jesus and listen to the text, and that's really the heart behind this show. So thanks for jumping in and listening to the show along with me. Now in this episode, what we want to do is we want to introduce the Sermon on the Mount. And before we even jump into anything, I just want to say, if you're a follower of Jesus, man, the Sermon on the Mount is like one of those rich texts that you should spend a lot of time with. Uh, The the passage is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And this is like uh, some of Jesus' deepest, best, richest teaching for you and for me. In fact, if you're a follower of Jesus, well, you just can't follow Jesus without letting Jesus be one of the key teachers in your life. And these chapters are a place where Jesus has so much to teach us about life and what matters and his priorities and his agenda and his values and what's really important to him. So if you if you want to be a follower of Jesus, if you're a brand new follower of Jesus, if you've been a long-term follower of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount is one of those places you should come back to over and over again. That you should just settle into and listen and think and pray it into your soul and So as we we begin this study through the Sermon on the Mount, man, just know that you're you're getting some of Jesus' very rich, best teaching. What I want to do just to set this up today, just at the the outset, is is for us to actually pay attention to the nature of Jesus' view and vision of the spiritual life. And the reason that's important is because of this. Oftentimes when I'm uh, talking with somebody and I ask them, well, how's, how's your spiritual life lately? It is not uncommon to get this kind of response, well, well, my spiritual life is man it's kind of struggling. I just have really been struggling to find time to read my Bible and pray, or the flip side, man, my spiritual life has been great i've been I've been reading and praying and just having some really great times with the Lord, and while those um that's great, the reality is is what that illustrates is how we reduce our spiritual life down to just maybe a handful of christian disciplines reading the bible praying maybe going to church just we reduce it down to like some specific christian or religious activity but jesus's view of the spiritual life is much broader much more holistic much richer jesus has a very what i call very down to earth spirituality that that when jesus looks at the spiritual life he doesn't merely think of Religious activities like praying or fasting or reading your Bible, those are part of it for sure, but his view of the spiritual life is much more all-inclusive and much more down to earth. And you see that here in the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, as you begin to just read the Sermon on the Mount, you'll notice the the kinds of things that Jesus talks about, things that we deal with everyday life, uh, like murder or anger and holding a grudge, like adultery or lust and uh, keeping your word and being a person of integrity? Or how do you deal with people who are hard to get along with? And what about people who actually hurt you and do wrong things to you? How do you respond to them? This is the stuff of everyday life, isn't it? This is the stuff we read about in the news, the stuff you deal with on the job, the stuff you deal with at school. It's the stuff of everyday life. It's very down to earth and Jesus's spirituality is that it's a down to earth spirituality and really that's the whole spirituality of the bible in total if you look back to the the old covenant the law of moses the 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 spiritual worldview in which Jesus actually grew up and out of which he teaches. Well, you look at the law of Moses and it's very down to earth. It dealt with things like, well, how do we deal with the poor? And you need to put a certain height of wall around your roof so someone doesn't fall off. And if you have an ox and it gores, well, what do you do with that? And all these things, you know, if you're out there burning your your weeds in your field and the fire gets out of control, how do you handle that? Those are the stuff of everyday life and their culture. Well, that's the spirituality of the Bible. That's the spirituality of Jesus. It's this down to earth spirituality. And in the Sermon on the Mount, we get to hear Jesus' insight and Jesus' wisdom for this life that we live, and how to make it spiritual and Christ-centered and godly. So we're going to walk through this text together, and it'll be, man, just really helpful to us as we we want to be followers of Jesus who live life Jesus' way. So today, as we begin our study of the Sermon on the Mount, what I want to do is I want to give you a big-picture overview of the whole sermon and really wrestle with what is this sermon all about. Um, as, as the story is set up or the sermon is set up, we see that Jesus has all these crowds gathered around him, and he's going to teach these crowds. And so the sermon begins with Jesus teaching these crowds, giving some introductory material that we refer to as the Beatitudes, and we'll look at that in detail next week. Uh, but after that introductory setup for the sermon and, and how Jesus is going to form this people who are going to be a light to the world uh, Jesus then dives into and gives us what I believe is the thesis or the main point of the sermon. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. Unless your righteousness, that is your righteous way of living, you're living the way God wants you to, unless your righteousness goes beyond, surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees were uh, some of the most uh, righteous people, at least from the Jewish perspective of the day. They were the religious leaders, and the Pharisees tended to be those who taught in the synagogues or uh, taught your kids in synagogue school. So they were viewed as like the, the religious elite, the righteous people of the day. Unless your righteousness goes beyond theirs you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says. And I believe that's really the theme or the thesis of the Sermon on the Mount, that idea of surpassing righteousness, that if you want to experience God's kingdom, your righteousness needs to go beyond that of the religious leaders of Jesus's day. And so this sermon is all about surpassing righteousness. And what what Jesus does then after he says that as he begins to give then some examples of surpassing righteousness. So that's like the first major chunk of the sermon, examples of surpassing righteousness. So he says, well, you've heard about murder. Well, I say to you, don't even be angry with your brother. In fact, don't hold a grudge. Work things out and be reconciled as quickly as possible. Or you've heard that the, the law says don't commit adultery. Okay, but I would say that adultery is even uh, more than just that physical act. If anyone looks at a woman to lust for her, he's committed adultery within his heart. Or what about uh, divorce? That's a form of unfaithfulness. If you just trade in your wife or you trade in your husband, that's a form of unfaithfulness to your marriage vows. Your righteousness has to be greater than just, just uh you know avoiding adultery as it's technically called there needs to be a surpassing kind of righteousness or what about oaths and keeping your word you you need to be a, such a person of integrity that if you say yes people just know it's going to get done if you say no you're going to keep your word those are examples of surpassing righteousness and so jesus gives some examples of surpassing righteousness and then what jesus does next is in chapter 6, he, he begins to give uh, what could be thought of as barriers to surpassing righteousness. And and what are some barriers? Well, the first barrier he talks about in chapter 6 is keeping up religious appearances. Uh, he says, look, be careful that you don't just practice your righteousness before people to seem by them so everyone will think that you're super spiritual, right? And he gives some examples of of how people could have done that in his day and age. You know, the idea of uh, drawing attention to yourself when you're you're giving an offering or uh, praying and being noticed by people as you pray and praying long and flowery prayers to be noticed by people. And maybe those are some same ways we could do it today, but there's plenty of other ways that we could just try to keep up religious appearances. You know, we we could do even some of our our key christian activities just to look spiritual or to look good we could read our bible just so we could check that off the box and let people know that we're we're super spiritual or we we could um we could you know sing in church in such a way that everyone's attention would be drawn to us and what, what Jesus is concerned with is, if you're just concerned with looking spiritual, well, then your spirituality is just skin deep. It doesn't go to the, the heart of the issue, and it's not, therefore, surpassing righteousness. And so you can't just uh, keep up. Uh, religious appearances, and hope to really achieve and acquire the surpassing righteousness that Jesus expects and Jesus wants to lead us into. So keeping up religious appearances and looking spiritual and just going through the spiritual motions, the Christian motions, and, and having everyone think, man, what a good little Christian he is or what a good little Christian she is, and doing things to look good or look religious or look like a good Christian, just doing that's a barrier to surpassing righteousness, Another barrier to surpassing righteousness is money, possessions, and stuff. Those things can just consume our attention, consume our energy, consume our outlook on life, consume our worries, and and our concerns can all be about, man, our our money, our possessions, our stuff. We're worried about acquiring more. We're worried about having enough. And Jesus says, no, if you're focused on all of that stuff, it's not going to help you acquire a a uh, a surpassing righteousness. Uh, and so he says you need to seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these other things will be provided for you, taken care of for you by God himself. And so if we're worried about money and stuff, if we're fixated and focused on it, if our treasure is here in this world, that's a barrier to surpassing righteousness. And then as you move into chapter 7 of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus lists off a, another barrier to surpassing righteousness. He uses this uh, imagery of having a plank in your eye, and and it seems to be what he's talking about in that paragraph is this religious superiority complex. If you look down on other people and you compare yourself with other people and think, well, I'm more spiritual than them and look at the problems they have and look at their life. And so you're judging them and you're looking down on them and you've got a plank in your eye of a religious superiority complex. Jesus says, Look, you're never going to change. If you want to actually have the surpassing righteousness, you need to take that plank out of your own eye. Then you'll actually be in a position to help other people grow because you'll have a more realistic assessment of yourself. And so having a religious superiority complex, a spiritual superiority complex is a barrier to surpassing righteousness. And if we want to enter into the life that Christ offers, we're going to have to remove the plank, we're going to have to be humble enough to realize, man, I need grace. I need the help of Jesus too. And then the Sermon on the Mount ends with really a, a straightforward call to put it into practice. It's not just enough to hear Jesus teaching. It's not just enough to know Jesus teaching, even be able to quote the Bible or, you know, go to church and have your Bible all marked up and all highlighted, have sermon notes in the margin or whatever it is. It's not enough just to know it. You got to do it. If you want to If you want to have a strong, stable, secure life, the kind of life that Jesus wants to lead you into, well, then you're going to have to put Jesus' words into practice. And that's where the Sermon on the Mount ends. So this sermon is all about having a surpassing righteousness. That when Jesus calls you to himself, he calls you into a way of life, a pattern of life, that he wants to teach you and he wants to pass on to you and he wants to empower you to live by his spirit. And that kind of life is a life that uh, is, is deeper and richer and more spiritual or more righteous than the Pharisees of his day or just people keeping up religious appearances in our day. That Jesus wants to lead you to genuine transformation from the inside out, a kind of life where you're good and righteous and pure and holy on the inside. And then it shows up all over the place in the outsides of your life. That's the kind of life that Jesus offers us. So what I would encourage you to do as you uh, begin with me to enter into the study of the Sermon on the Mount is I would just say, uh, please, why don't you read and pray through the Sermon on the Mount for the next four or five or six weeks, just Uh, take the time to just hear Jesus sit and soak in this teaching. Pray it into your soul. Listen to what Jesus has to say and read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 over the next four to six weeks and just let Jesus really teach you. Jesus, lead me into this kind of life. Open my eyes to maybe the, the ways in which I'm not living this out. Maybe open my eyes into the ways I'm actually uh, putting up some barriers to surpassing righteousness. And Jesus, help me to acquire and, uh, the kind of righteousness that you're teaching in this sermon. And So read this sermon. Pray through this sermon for the next four to six weeks. And let Jesus really teach you his way of life. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. That is it on this episode of Bible and Life. Next week, we'll we'll jump right into the text of the Sermon on the Mount. We'll look at the what we call the Beatitudes, the Blesseds that, that begin the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to check out my website, uh, I would encourage you to go there. It's johnwhittaker.net, johnwhittaker.net. Just check out my website. There's more resources on there. There's some sermons you can listen to on there. Uh, There's some online Bible courses that uh, I believe can be really helpful to your life as you seek to learn and live the Bible. So uh, check that out, johnwhittaker.net, and we will see you next week on Bible in Life.